G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. One of the reasons that we get things out of perspective is that we use the wrong reference points in our lives. And when we lose perspective, life can very quickly go down the gurgle. I wonder how much the whole issue of perspective is distorting your view of reality. I wonder how much that's impacting your life. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Great to be back with you again. Today we're going to be taking a look at your perspective from, well, a different perspective. I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, but back when I was young, there was a game that came out called Twister. Here's how it worked. There was a plastic mat with coloured circles on it and you put it down on the floor. There might be two or three or four players and for each player the dial would be spun on a wheel and it would land on a certain colour. What you have to do is put one of your hands or your feet on a circle of that colour on the mat. Now, it's easy for spin number one or perhaps two, but with multiple players on the mat, by spin number three or four, you you had to do contortions to get around the other players on this relatively small mat to be able to place either a hand or a foot on the colour required. Eventually, the three or four of you playing would end up collapsing in a heap from all the contortions. I mean, I really can't remember how you won the game, but I do remember it was a lot of fun. Well, I have to say, the contortions could get pretty uncomfortable, particularly when someone else fell on top of you and knocked the stuffing out of you. Now, now when you stand back and you think about that game objectively, you come to realise that the reason people were doing these contortions there on that mat is that their reference point was the dial that was spun around to select a colour. And to tell you the truth, I see a lot of people living their lives like that because of the reference points that they choose. If you choose wealth as your reference point, then you'll be contorting your life to fit with its demands. If you choose career, you'll be contorting your life to fit with its demands. Let me give you an example. The other day, I caught up with a man for breakfast. He's just a few years younger than me, and he works in the finance sector. He'd taken a new job in the bank that he works for to advance his career. So instead of working close to where he lives, he now has to travel a long way each day to and from work. And he's having problems in this new job. It's a high-pressure, high-target work environment with an unreasonable boss, so much so that in this large bank, they simply can't get people to apply for jobs in this particular office. The more I listened, the more I heard this man basically asking me for advice as to how he could contort himself to fit into this environment. But what I saw from what he told me was that it was a toxic work environment where no matter how good he became at his job, no matter how much he twisted himself to fit, he was never going to succeed. When I pointed that out to him in an instant, he looked at me with eyes wide open and said, you know what, you're right, you're absolutely right. His reference point was trying to please an unpleasable boss. And because I wasn't close to it, I was able to stand back a bit and basically point out to him that he had the wrong reference point. 
Do you see how easily we can do that when we're close to a problem? It's something that happens to each one of us, and it's something that, as we saw last week on the program, happened to Israel. God brought them out of slavery in Egypt into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, where he blessed them immeasurably. And yet, off they went, and they worshipped idols and foreign gods and behaved badly and turned their backs on God. So after many warnings, he punishes them. The Babylonians invade, they destroy Jerusalem, and they take God's people into captivity for 70 years. But after that time, God decides, look, enough is enough. So he comes to set them free, as we saw, if you're able to join me, in Isaiah chapter 43. Now, even though they were being set free, one problem still remained. He needed to reset their reference point from the things of this world back to him. Have a listen to what he says to them in verses 11 to 17 of that same chapter, chapter 43, in the book of Isaiah. I, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no saviour. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you. And you are my witnesses, says the Lord. I am God, and also henceforth I am he. There is no one who can deliver from my hand. I work, and and who can hinder it? Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake, I will send to Babylon and break down all the bars, and the shouting of the Chaldeans will be turned to lamentation. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse and army and warrior. They lie down. They cannot rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. So what God is basically talking about here in this passage is that he is going to defeat the Babylonians, also called the Chaldeans. Now that's amazing because they were the dominant superpower of the day. But in doing this amazing thing before the eyes of his people, these Israelites, who had indeed been in captivity for 70 years as slaves, he's making a point to them. He's saying, look, the only one who has the power to do this is me, God himself. All those other gods that you were worshipping, which is what got you here in the first place, do they have the power to do this? Do the Babylonians have the power to stand against me? No, of course they don't. So why chase after those other gods? Why have your reference point for your life out there somewhere? Because if you do that, you'll end up doing contortions to fit with the demands of those other things that you call gods, whether it's wealth or career or reputation or maybe a physical idol, whatever it happens to be for you. All of those things are false gods. I know there are some people who need to reset their reference point today, who need to stop spinning the dial in their lifelong game of Twister and focus on the one reference point, God himself, who has the power to set them free. Can I ask you quietly but directly, are you one of those? Because if you are today, here, right now, is the time to make Jesus the number one reference point of your life. In the days of old, before satellite navigation, ships didn't always know exactly where they were. Of course, these days, using simple sat-nav technology, they can pinpoint their location on the globe within just a few metres. But back then, they couldn't. So when it was dark or stormy or foggy, if they were close to the land, they ran a very real risk of crashing into the rocks. That's why lighthouses were built as a reference point, a light that shone out into the darkness to help them head in the right direction rather than the wrong one, which would lead to death and destruction. Jesus said this, he said, I 
and the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. John chapter 8 and verse 12. The question, however, is for each one of us, who or what am I following? Who or what is my reference point? Is it that unreasonable boss who somehow tricked me into thinking that I had to conform to his plans and contort my life? Is it that extra money I'm chasing which is causing me to do that long commute and to miss out on time with my family? Is it, well, what is it? I've said it many times and I'll say it again. God's plan is to transform your life completely and radically to set you free to be who he made you to be. And he's done that by grace. And when we let the light of Jesus shine in our hearts, when we let the light of Jesus guide our steps, when we make him our reference point in place of all those other imposters out there, then the grace transformation that God has always wanted to bring you starts to happen in your life. Listen to him again. I, I am the Lord. And besides me, there is no saviour. Life dishes up stuff that we rather it hadn't. And as we struggle with that stuff, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that in all likelihood, God is up to something good, changing us from the inside out in ways that we don't quite understand at the time. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of my latest life application booklet. It's called The Grace Transformation. And with the life application questions at the end of each chapter, you'll be able to chew things over to really apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. Because God's Word is alive and active. Amen? So I'm praying that through this booklet, He'll help you lay hold of the freedom that Jesus died and rose again to give you so that you can become all that He created you to be. You can request your free copy right now the grace transformation. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.